Friends, listen with me to this section from the story of God and his people. This comes from 1 Samuel chapter 3. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel, and he said, here I am, and ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So Samuel went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Eli said, I did not call, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time. And he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears of it tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew, because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expiated by offering or sacrifice forever. Samuel lay there until morning. Then he opened the doors to the house of the Lord. Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, here I am. And Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide from me anything of all that he told, told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. Then he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. All Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was a trustworthy prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is a story about 
the word of the Lord. Yes, Eli and Samuel and Eli's sons and the people of Israel, they all play a role in the plot of the story, but the main actor is the word of God, the word of the Lord, his living voice. And and when we pay attention to the way that the word of God inhabits this story, we notice a few things. The word of God comes to us in our vulnerability. The word of God invites availability. And the word of God sends us. The word of God comes to us in our vulnerability. The word of God invites availability. And the word of God sends us. First, if we pay attention to when the word of God comes, what do we notice? First, the word of God comes to Samuel when he's asleep. There's something important about the timing of all of this. Every time the word of God comes to Samuel, he's lying down. The the verb to lie down is used eight times in this passage, and when we see repetition in scripture, that's an invitation to us to pay attention. God comes to Samuel in his sleep, in his state of ultimate vulnerability. We meet Samuel in the night when he's asleep, and that's precisely when God's word comes to him. He's a child, and God says, Samuel, Samuel, I have a word for you. He's half asleep and groggy, and God says, Samuel, I have a word for you. He's inexperienced but willing, and and God says, Samuel, I have a word for you. He's not some sort of high-powered religious professional doing all the right things to prepare himself to receive a word from God. I mean, sure, his faithful mom, Hannah, had promised him to the service of the Lord, but at this point, The passage tells us that Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. God's call comes to Samuel in his vulnerability. So God's encouragement to us, to you today, is this. If you're finding yourself in a particularly vulnerable spot, that's precisely when God's word comes to you. If you're finding yourself at a low point in 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 a season of weakness, that's when God's word comes to you. God's word comes to you in your vulnerability. God's word comes to you in your sadness. God's word comes to you in whatever form of inexperience that you're carrying. God's word comes to you in whatever kind of darkness or night you find yourself in today. In the moment of lying down, in the moment of not knowing, God's word comes to you. Maybe you're simply worn out. Maybe you're utterly exhausted from two years of COVID and the complexity of our cultural moment and all the chaos and division, communal trauma, etc. Even there, God's word comes to you in that vulnerable space. The psalmist puts it this way, As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. Paul gives this testimony. He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. God's word comes to us in our vulnerability. But 
if we're honest with ourselves, many of us don't experience ourselves to be vulnerable before God. Sometimes we think we're doing okay. We're pretty self-sufficient. Things are humming along quite nicely, and we don't find ourselves vulnerable before God, or at least we're not aware of it. And we're not particularly hungry for a word from God. As Pastor John put it last week, it's pretty easy to live as though God doesn't exist. And it's hard to hear the words from Jesus, apart from me, you are nothing. So for those of us who find ourselves in that place this morning, here's my question. What might it look like to cultivate a posture of vulnerability, of availability before God? What might it look like to open ourselves up to receiving a word from him? The word of God invites availability. And cultivating this posture of availability isn't some formula that if we get ourselves in this right posture before God, then God's word will come to us. No, God's word is the main actor in this story. God's word comes. We know that. It's not that if we have the right posture, God will speak to us. But the testimony of the Bible points to God's speech invading, breaking in, coming to us precisely in moments of vulnerability and availability. Availability is a a posture of response to the living word, the living word that goes before us. It's to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. We see this throughout the narrative of our scriptures. First, it's Abraham Genesis 22, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to Abraham, Abraham, and Abraham says, here I am. Then it happens with Jacob in a dream, and Jacob says, here I am. Then it happens with the call of Moses, and Moses says, here I am, from God's voice within the bush. Then it happens in Isaiah. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. And then in Luke, Mary says, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. May it be with me according to your word. And then with Ananias, who was a key player in Saul's conversion, the word of God comes to him and he says, Here I am. It's a posture of availability. And the word of God invites it. The word of God invites availability. So in wisdom and trust— Let's situate ourselves there in the space of here I am, in the space of speak, Lord, your servant is listening. It's a space of lived prayer, a space of chosen availability toward the Spirit of God. And and cultivating a posture of availability toward God takes time and intentionality. It, It requires repentance, to inhabit a cross-cultural way, because so often we think that we can do it on our own. We live as if the Word of God is not the main actor in the story, and the world teaches us a different way than the humble way of Jesus. We, We center ourselves, our own agendas, our own words, and we find ourselves so consumed with the noise of it all that Inhabiting a space of availability before God's voice seems almost impossible, even when we pray. 
In his writing on prayer, Eugene Peterson puts it this way. Our culture presents us with forms of prayer that are mostly self-expression, pouring ourselves out before God or lifting our gratitude to God as we feel the need and have the occasion. Such prayer is dominated by a sense of self, but prayer, mature prayer, is dominated by a sense of God. Prayer rescues us from a preoccupation with ourselves and pulls us into adoration of and pilgrimage to God. So in, in striving for a life of prayer that's centered around God, what might it look like to cultivate a posture of availability before God, to open ourselves to receiving a word from him? For Samuel, it was a liturgy in the night, a prayer. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. For Samuel, it might have felt like, here I am in my childhood. Here I am in my inexperience. Here I am rather clueless about what you might call me to do, but here I am nonetheless because you're God. I wonder what is held in your here I am before God. Here I am in a crazy busy season of family life. Here I am in grief. Here I am in anxiety. Here I am with you name it. But here I am all the same, available to the living word of God. Because the word of God invites availability. And here's the good news. None of our making ourselves available to God is done apart from the spirit of the one who was crucified in weakness, Jesus Christ. Our openness and availability to God, it's always done in, through, and with the Spirit, never apart from the Spirit who helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how we ought to pray. It's not an availability to do more stuff for God, to fill up our calendars. It's an availability to receive more and more of God's love. It's not an availability to, to fill our lives with, with more ways that we can be pleasing to God. No, it's, it's a heart posture of a repeated, here I am with all my stuff, but I'm available to you. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Availability before God is the risk of baptism. We're joined with Jesus, so we go his way, choosing to die in order to live. It's reading, on, it's reading scripture on our knees because we're looking for Christ. It's prayer born out of an authentic relationship to God. It's the treasure that's buried deeply that we sell a field for. It's betting your life on something that the world would rather avoid putting yourself on the line to hear a word from God, saying, God, you're all I've got. Here I am. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. The word of God invites availability. First, the word of God comes to us in our vulnerability. Second, the word of God invites availability. And third, the word of God sends us. When God's word comes to us, it's always a sending word. When we open ourselves up to God's living word, 
we should be prepared for a word that might demand something of us. When we open ourselves up to God's living word, we should be prepared for a word that might demand something of us. Fleming Rutledge puts it this way, the theme of the living, vitalized word of God is central to the Bible from beginning to end. It is not a call to be religious. It is a call to speech and action in the world. Later, she says, the word of God raises up a person and creates the condition for them to obey. The word of God raises up a person and creates the conditions for them to obey. I mean, for Samuel, he was sent on mission to preach a word of judgment to lead a people to anoint their king and to speak God's truth in the midst of it all. And as Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. The word of God raises up a person and creates the conditions for them to obey. So as people who have received God's word to us in our vulnerability, we are then called to go, to invite others into the countercultural way of receiving life and freedom from Christ in our weakest places, to say with our lives, hey, come join me on the journey of becoming like Christ. The word of God sends us. And, and this Christ is the living word made flesh, the one who took our vulnerability for his sake, the one who undertook in his body the ultimate vulnerability and suffering to the point of death for us and for our salvation. Christ who repaired the breach and made us right with God. This Christ meets us here today through his living word and at the table. Here, with open hands, we make ourselves vulnerable to God. Coming to the table now is a way of saying, here I am in my vulnerability, God, I need you. It's also a way of saying, God, I'm available to you. Feed me, nourish me here now. Speak a word to me. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And coming to the table is also a way of saying, God, nourish us and send us into the world that you so love. It's, it's a way of receiving a word that sends us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.